the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue. Here is your host, Dominic Catronio. Man, it's, do you ever get deja vu? Uh, I, oof, that felt exactly like yesterday. Good to be back. Wish I brought a different result, of course, but uh, the Brewers fall 7-1 to in an eerily similar game to last night's defeat. I'm Dom Catronio with Jeff Cirillo here on the program once again. I mean, I don't know where to begin, but, it, I mean, the Brewers were snake-bitten. The Dodgers got all the luck. It wasn't the sole reason the Brewers lost the game. But, man, it feels like it, it just feels like they're playing against a slanted field. They're playing with, you know, the Brewers only have seven guys on defense or something. It just feels off. And the, the Dodgers... Every opportunity they've gotten these last two days, they've taken advantage. Yeah, right. I mean, but you look on the box score, I mean, you look at the three errors from the Brewers, which is two errors today, two errors last night, three errors tonight. You know, pretty much a dominant performance for a team that's won 10 games in a row. You know, fortunately for the Brewers, you know, on this road trip that they swept the White Sox, you know, because they're dealing with something that's uh, not only a great team, but it's a great team that's very hot. Hot is an understatement. I mean, it's 10 straight wins now for the Dodgers. They're 73-46, and 46, and they're running away with the West. They're low-key. I mean, they're probably not going to catch them, but they're low-key in the hunt if the Braves get cold that they can suddenly snatch the number one seed from them. But I digress. Tonight's game, it, it started off inconspicuously Wade Miley, Clayton Kershaw rematch again from the matchup they had back on May 10th. And the catcher's interference. I I, I think we got to start there first. The, the Valley Sports Wisconsin showed a couple of shots of J.D. Martinez. And I'm not going to be the guy that blatantly accuses a Major League Baseball player of cheating. Because, Jeff, I think you can enlighten us all here and remind us that that's a, a call, you know, the, what I'm implying is J.D. Martinez's foot is outside of the box at the start of his at-bat. But uh, I remind folks, the rule says your foot has to be entirely out of the box. And there's enough of a toe in there to di- dispute that. And I'm not going to sit here and say J.D. Martinez is cheating. I am not being that guy. But you can take me into the box here, Jeff. We always see those guys, those first few batters of the game, right? They're clearing out that back end of the box for a reason. Right. They're trying to burn out that back end. You know, and it's, it's umpire's got such a, a difficult job. You just call balls and strikes. And then you have to monitor the fact that, that you know, you're looking for box, you're looking for speed of pitch, you know, pace of play. And then the low one thing that you're looking for. And the, the one thing, like, if you watch a major baseball game, all the fans are out there and go to the Brewers. Stadium, you know, they'll water the field in the third inning. They'll water the field in the sixth inning, and they'll water the field basically in the ninth inning. But you know what they won't do? They won't ever touch the, you know, once the box is set up, you know, that line definitely gets blurred. You know, you almost can equate it to kind of hockey or like a red line or a blue line in hockey or even soccer, where basically the whole whole the body has to be all the way over the line of the puck. I'm not quite sure on that, but at the same time, you know, there's always a great area with that back line. But at the same time, you know, um, I was watching a little bit of the Dodgers um, telecast that little Hershiser, and Contreras is back and he's setting up and he's trying to set up late, obviously to not um, 
giveaway location or, or, or sequence at second base to the runner to tip them off. But at the same time, he's definitely trying to, to uh, bridge forward and get on that knee to get up under that ball. And, you know, honestly, in this third time, it almost looked like he, he tipped it. And, 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 and for whatever reason, Martinez was not seeing the ball well tonight at Miley. And he was taking the ball really deep in the back back of the box. And so it's one of those ones that you've never seen before. But it definitely caused some purse tonight, for sure. And, and for Contreras, he now has the most catcher's interferences in all of baseball. But in my opinion, that's a product of the training and not in a negative light. You know, this is a guy that the Brewers are very proud of what he has learned framing-wise, the value of stealing a strike, the value of, you know, the the... That, the the way that we can measure the difference, and you know this, Jeff, the difference of a one and two count and a two and one count is the difference of you being able to frame a pitch. That's why it is such a priority these days. That's why we see catchers with one knee down. That's why we see such a training emphasis on framing while we still have a human eye strike zone. And Contreras, you know, part of that training is go out and get the ball as quick as you can, and that leads to the risk of a catcher's interference. Right. You're trying to work low to high and kind of shovel that ball up under low to high and frame it to get under that, especially with Miley, right? Because he's been counting the angles, despite not being a very big guy, and he gets that down angle, and he's trying to work the bottom of the zone. Kershaw as well uh, doing the same thing. Um, so it's an interesting thing. It's one of those ones that you look at and you're like, okay, noted. J.D. Martinez has the most, you know, he gets a lot of catcher's interference, and Contreras is known for that. The only thing I can say that, you know, and they're not going to teach that out of Contreras, but at the same time, you know, it's one of those stats that probably doesn't go into the analytics. They just talk about the catcher framing for the catcher. And sometimes, like, I remember thinking like Grindall, we always have great catcher's numbers, but I scout him and watch, and he's got a lot of pass balls because he's trying to pinch that pitch. So, I mean, it's noted. It's one of those ones, and, uh, and Martinez is one of those guys. And just, and what, it's since 1920, it's the first time that a guy that's had two catcher's interference uh, go against against him in one game. Looking at the rest of this lineup, though, I also want to make it clear that wasn't the only reason the Brewers lost this game and the, and the rally that formed for the Dodgers multiple times tonight. But I, I just look at this lineup. I mean, we, we talked about it a lot with the Reds in town. Like, hey, you got to contain Ellie De La Cruz, right? you got to contain the guys around Ellie De La Cruz. But any time that you allow Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Will Smith to be a combined, let's see, 13. They, they went combined 8 for 13 tonight. 8 for 13. You're going to lose that game every single time. Right. And, and you look at it, and, and you're just looking at like the, I mean, obviously the two beasts of the National League are the Braves and the Dodgers. And the one thing that they have that, that maybe the Brewers don't have is just this lineup that just keeps coming and coming and coming. You know, the Brewers giving, giving up three errors tonight and then two last night. You know, it's a team you cannot do that. And obviously they're running into a hot team and they're running into a hot Mookie Betts and Freeman who are both getting on base at a full 100 clip. And then you have Will Smith and Martinez cleaning them up. And I also want to clarify, you did mention the three errors. It has already been changed, the uh, fake double that was given to Freddie Freeman on Joey Weimer's drop in center. That has already been appealed and approved and changed to an error. So the Brewers had three errors tonight, uh, including, of course, the casualty interference count as errors. They had two errors last night. It's never good when you're giving a team like the Dodgers more opportunities. When you have five hits in a series and five errors in a series, 
it's no surprise the Brewers are being outscored 13-3 to in this series. Right, and, and it's also another one where we had Wade Miley was kind of coming off the DL, had to laboriously work through those, uh, I think it was the second and third innings. Uh, yeah, first and second innings, but I mean, hats off to him to making it through five innings. And, uh, and well, I think he went five innings. Yeah, he went five innings. And so getting getting to five innings, kind of a, a Herculean job there. You know, he had good stuff, but like I said, you know, it's one of those teams that seems it's going to make contact, it's going to put the ball in play. It's got a lot of team speed. They run the base as well, and, and you know it's just one of those things that, that you get good pitching. It's, it's not a team that the Brewers can't beat, but you know they have to play really good defense, and they gotta you know score more than three runs and, and limit the Dodgers. And that's what we've seen that the Dodgers and the Braves tend to be okay with hitting the, the Brewers pitching. We'll talk a little bit of offense coming up next. Also, try to calm the masses after all this negativity here in the first segment. If you are staying up late with us, eight five five six one six one six twenty again eight five five. Six one six one six twenty. If you want to join in on the program, I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you all season long by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park, and they've been serving businesses in the area for nearly fifteen years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed, and this is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank. National Association member FDIC. Stay with us. Jeff and Dom with you for some Brewers After Dark. Brewers fall today by a final of 7-1. to one. Coming up, more Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. All right, tough one again. 7-1 to one the final tonight. 855-616-1620. couple of texts in. Mike in Colorado. Losing aside, two extremely disappointing defeats for the Brewers. No offense, no shortage of errors, poor defense. Losing is one thing. Getting outclassed and outplayed is quite another. And this from another Mike in Kohler. Oof, the Dodgers are good. What a group of hitters. By the way, check out the batter's box at AmFam. The Brewers grounds crew chalks and paints thicker lines. Appreciate the uh, listenership there, Mike. Uh, the We're going to talk a little bit about this series. And... Y'all know me. If you've been listening all season long, I'm a glass-half-full guy, and I'm not going to ignore the fact they the Brewers have had bad luck, yes, but they also haven't played well. They haven't played well at all in these two games. And that's where I, I bring you in, Jeff, and I say, well, I can tangibly say the Brewers did not play well these two games. And, yes, 13 runs on the other side, see what happens. But the offense was the offense. It wasn't great. But I can say the Brewers didn't play anywhere near their potential especially on the defensive side of the ball. We haven't seen their leverage relievers. Uh, it was good to see Wade Miley pitch into the fifth, like you said earlier, but I'm intrigued to see what they do against Corbin Burns tomorrow. Uh, I'm intrigued to see, you know, I mean, Adrian Hazard been pitching better, but let's be honest, too. In a playoff series, the, Bru- the, the Dodgers would be seeing Burns and Woodruff and Peralta, just like we talked about with the Braves series, that they got to avoid those guys. I still want to take the glass half full approach in saying the Brewers beat themselves and they're getting beat. If it was like they're playing their tails off, they're still getting beat, I would feel a little more dejected. I, I feel like the Brewers lost these games more than the Dodgers won them, if that makes sense. No, no, no. I, I absolutely agree with you. You know, you get a day off on Monday on the road, which never is really wanted, right? And players want to be home when they have those days off. So you got a day off on LA. You're kind of the hot team. You know, it's good to get off with a good start on that series. But at the same time, they they have not played well. I mean, they've gotten they've gotten six total hits in two games. They've got five 
total errors in two games. And, you know, just that's not really the, the Brewers baseball, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, it's funny you see Contreras has got 10 errors on this season. You know, I don't know how many of those are the uh, catchers interference. But like you said, I mean, but, but they're coming off a great series against the White Sox. So, I mean, you know, it's two baseball games. You're facing a very, very hot team. The Brewers played the Dodgers extremely tough at home in the series earlier. Um, so, I mean, just, just give them a chance. You know, it's going to be one of those ones. You're not going to win every game. And, you know, going 500 on a road trip isn't that bad. And they still have a chance to go 4-2 and two on this one. Looking at the records, you know, a lot of folks are complaining, why can't they beat good teams? And they've had some losses to bad teams as well. And, you know, those folks conveniently forget that the Brewers went 3-0 against the Mariners in Seattle earlier in the year. They're, they destroyed Cincinnati this year, 10-3, and even at the peak of their powers. They won a series against the Orioles. They have a chance to win the series against the Cubs. They won a series against the Astros, and yeah, they've, they've struggled against the Dodgers and against the West as a whole, but the way I look at it, we were saying the same thing, literally the same thing about the same teams this time last year, with the Dodgers and the Braves being the class of the National League, and know what happened? Neither one of them got out of the NLDS. I'm sorry to say it, but all that matters is getting in, and the regular season doesn't matter. Get in. Again, we have seen this literally last year. I'm not even using the Phillies as an example. The Padres, they were playing well. They beat the Mets in their crazy payroll. They went to New York and won that series against the Mets and checking ears and on all that chaos. Crazy bleep happens in the playoffs. Just get in. And there's 41 games to figure out how to get in. Right. I mean, it's all you do is just look at the crystal ball and look back in your, in your thing and Trent Christian comes up in that play, and then, you know, they might be knock off the Nationals. The Nationals went on and beat the Dodgers in the World Series that year. So, to your point, I think that the Brewers are in a great position if it comes to the playoffs. You know, I think that anyone would, you know, have, you know, yes, the Dodgers and yes, the Braves have a great lineup. But we all both know that the pitching, I mean, think of the Astros last year, look at their pitching in the playoffs just dominated through, and they dominated the Yankees and dominated the Mariners to go on and win the, the World Series. So, for me, you know, if you've got Woodruff, who's healthy, you've got Burns, who's healthy, you've got Miley, who's healthy, and then you've got Peralta in that little four spot, you know, or, or Wiley, uh, Miley in that four spot. Um, you know, I mean, it's one of those teams, especially in a shorter series, you, just, you wouldn't really want to play the Brewers if you line that up. Yeah, and I look at, and I'm going to bring up the Phillies because I have to, the Phillies, they got cold in September last season, too. They had two separate five-game losing streaks in September last year. Obviously, the Brewers are also struggling in September last year, but it's it's just still, and it's not early anymore, obviously, but I'm just saying, 41 games, so much can still happen in 41 games, and I, and I know today's results weren't great for the standings, just looking at it on a day-to-day basis. You're going to drive yourself nuts if you look at it every day, but it's that time of year. They're two and a half games up now on the Cubs and the Reds. They both won tonight. Red uh, Cubs won on a wacky walk-off. Reds blew out the Guardians in the battle for Ohio. But let's be honest, too, here, Jeff. You get Corbin Burns going tomorrow. You get a win tomorrow. The Cubs are off tomorrow, so that's where that half game is going to disappear. And then, boom, you get right back to three games if, you, if you're able to uh, win a game tomorrow. And it feels like nothing ever happened. And also... It's another game taken off the calendar, and it's a fewer day that the Cubs or the Reds can make up ground. 
But you're, you're exactly right. I mean, just look at this. You got your starter tomorrow. Plus, I mean, it's already been a successful road trip, in my opinion, right? I mean, you swept the White Sox. And so, plus one, it's not easy to win in L.A. It's not easy to win in L.A. after you've already gotten shellacked kind of the first two games. You know, granted, you know, it's not one of those day games where it's just a quick in the sheets kind of night, and so you just not stack so they have a full day. You know, and they got their best pitcher going tomorrow, so I expect it to be a low-scoring game. And just, I think that the Brewers, I think this is just a blip on the radar as far as the defense that we've seen. They've just been outstanding defense, you know, as far as making plays out there. I mean, Weimer dropping a, a ball and Montesquieu making a bad throw last night. You know, those are things that just um, eventually just, they haven't they haven't done that this year, and I don't think that going forward they, they will. Looking at the player of the game, brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. And your donations make a diff- difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. I, I think it's an easy pick to give it to Mookie. Uh, three for four, four runs scored, also a walk. Uh, he just continues to hit, and he is just one heck of a player. And your favorite player's favorite player to uh, borrow a phrase from uh, Ken Griffey Jr. back in the day. Take a quick breather. Uh, see the phone lines, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. Spencer, I see you waiting. We'll get right to you here coming up out of the break on WTMJ. 855-616-1620 if you're staying up late with us. Spencer is out west, though, so you're cheating. You're not really staying up that late. Out in Salt Lake, Spencer, you're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, what's up, Dom? Um, I just got two quick things. Uh, the rule with standing inside of the batter's box, the way that I read it, is that both feet have to be entirely inside of the batter's box, but he has to be warned and then kind of refuse to do it, and then they can be tossed. It's not really like a penalty with that rule, but you guys were talking about it earlier, and it sounded like it was different. So maybe I was reading a different rule, but I was just curious about that. Yeah, so the, the the rule states that if you make contact with the ball and your foot is outside of the batter's box completely, and it's appealed and it's you know called by the home plate umpire, you're out. Uh, that that's the you cannot put a ball in play with yourself outside of the batter's box. Okay, all right, that that makes sense. That makes sense. I think I was reading it wrong, um, but really, I wanted to call talk about Keston again um, tonight. Two home runs. I mean, he's got 18. Obviously, that's AAA, but he missed, what, six weeks this season. I mean, he'd be leading the team right now if he had 18 home runs in the MLB. Um, I know, I mean, we've kind of talked about him a lot on the show so far. But, I mean, is this kind of the same thing we've seen with Keston before where we, you know, he's doing really well in AAA, call him up, and he's, you know, kind of on and off. Yeah, I I, I understand the, the Keston question. Appreciate you listening and staying up with us, Spencer. But, uh, Jeff, you can also chime in on this as well when it comes to Keston here. We've seen quite a sample size from him the last few years, and I know he finished strong at the end of last season, but I I just want to read you his last three years in AAA, okay? 2021, he had an 839 OPS. 2022, he had an 1180 OPS. 2023, he's got about a 950 OPS right now. He's doing what he's supposed to do in AAA, if I can't put it any other way. Rosters do expand in September. Roddy Telez is working his way back. I don't see a route for Jesse Winker to get back onto this team, so he's certainly out of the equation. But between Keston and Abraham Toro, they generally choose positional versatility. I I don't see a route for Keston to get back onto this team, even though the offense could absolutely... What do you have to lose, in my opinion? 
Uh, I think that we, we discussed this one at, at length um, uh, many times, especially when that first base position kind of seemed like a black hole, especially in left-handed pitching. But you got to look how the Brewers are built, right? They're built on starting pitching, airtight, that last three innings, trying to lock that one down. And they're all about that defensive, you know, zone rating and saving errors or saving runs out there. And, and I mean, I've seen Kevin here, and maybe he's gotten better, but I'm getting, I guarantee that Craig and the staff and, and, and that are getting the, the reports daily on, on here and Kevin's defense over there more than his offense. In talking to some folks around the organization and around Keston here, they make it clear they're very happy with how he has handled this assignment. And they like it so much is that the fact is, if Keston comes up, he can now, and it, you know he needs to be optioned or something comes up this offseason, things like that. He can't be optioned again. He can reject it and become a free agent, and the Brewers don't want to lose a player like that. In my opinion, it sounds like it's a, it's a situation where he's your emergency backup. If, if there's another setback with Rowdy, but then they went out and got Carlos Santana, and maybe he becomes your DH and things like that. I personally have been banging on the strip for a while that you have nothing to lose. I'd rather figure out what you have, bring them up to the show. If it works, you win more games. If it doesn't work, you'll let them walk anyway. I think it's time to let Keston free. Maybe that will come when the rosters expand coming up in September. Uh, that remains to be a decision to be had for the Brewers Brass. Let's wrap up tonight's game before we look ahead to tomorrow with our difference-making moment. This game had opportunity to be a good game before the uh, things got squirrely on them, but it's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Jeff, what was your difference-making moment? I'm going to have to go back to the, the base throw situation with Martinez. You know, Adonis went deep in the hole in that hole to get that throw to second base. It just made Miley work harder. Granted, he got through five innings, but it's just one of those ones that just looked like the, the Brewers were kind of just stubbing their toe all night and just in, in this series, you know, runs are a premium, you know, changing size and getting those three outs as a premium. And hopefully tomorrow they clean it up and uh, and, and have a more complete game with, with their ace on the mound. Yeah, my, my moment is in that inning, but actually earlier. It's the Miguel Rojas home run to give the Dodgers the lead right back. Remember, the Brewers got a Mark Canna homer in the top half of that second inning to tie the game. You're thinking, okay, it's going to be one of those days. The offense punches right back. And then the nine-hitter, Rojas, hitting only his third homer of the season. Uh, that's just one of those things that you're like, really? How'd that happen? And then the rest of the inning uh, snowballed into the inning that it became. It's all brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. It's another ace-off tomorrow It'll be Lance Lynn against Corbin Burns. You're going to see some velo. You're going to see some struts. You're going to see some strikeouts. And Lance Lynn has, has really pitched very, very well since going over the Dodgers. What do the Brewers have in store facing the big, burly right-hander coming over from the White Sox? Well, the guy throws like 70 miles, 70% fastball, 14 fastballs. I think he's one of those ones. Like he's, I think it's one of his first three outings with the Dodgers, you know, basically getting saved from the uh, the firestorm that is the Chicago White Sox at this point. He's one of the guys, you know, Dodger Stadium playing there a lot. You know, always felt like, man, the mountain always seemed like a little higher. There's a little depth perception issue there. And it seemed like any guy that was kind of had that good four-seam rider in the zone, uh, it seemed to play up in that ballpark. 
So it's not surprised that Lance Lynn has, has turned it around and uh, you know and basically getting safe. So I mean he's he's a number two type starting pitcher for the playoff type caliber team. You know, so the Brewers have their hands full. You know, they haven't swung the bats good. So Herbert um, again, we've been said this many times. You know, that being the ace, he's going to have to be on his game tomorrow, and they're going to try have to strike really against the Dodgers. And, and Lance Lynn is throwing a lot of fastballs, like you said, especially since. Moving over, they've just said, hey, man, your four-seam fastball is your best pitch. Throw it more. And he's been doing so uh, since he came over from L.A. In uh, his first three starts, he is 3-0. and The team is obviously 3-0. and 18 innings, 22 strikeouts, only four walks. He has allowed four homers. The catch is that they're all solo. So uh, the Brewers going to hope to get some base runners against Lance Lynn. He will get lots of whiffs to say the least, but hey, you got the guy you want, you said it best, Corbin, this is what aces are for, this is what they do, this is what Cy Young Award winners do, facing off when your team needs it, and look, I I know there are no moral victories in this game, but you've tasted, when you sit on the charter, Jeff, and you taste that first sip of whatever you're having when you're on the plane, it tastes a little better when you get that final getaway day win as opposed to getting swept, right? I agree, and it definitely does have a hangover effect as far as, like, you know, they, they flew into L.A. from Chicago, and I'm sure that the, the plane was pretty rowdy. I think they had a day off on Monday, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, and it's one of those ones that, hey, you go back, you know, the, the losses, especially on the road, especially it just makes for a longer road trip, especially when it's a night game tomorrow, right? Um, so, like you said, you know, it would definitely um, be a much more jovial plane than if they get swept. Yep, so Corbin Burns, the guy exactly you want to have the ball tomorrow. It'll be same time, same place, Nine ten. Coverage will begin at 8.35 here on WTMJ. And Jeff Cirillo will be with us tomorrow to break it all down. Thanks as always, Jeff. Always. Can't wait. All right. Go to bed now <laughs> as we get ready to move on. We'll hear from Craig Council in just a little bit. This is WTMJ. Listen, Brewers fall, Cubs win, and Reds win. So it's two and a half. Division lead here in the Central. I'm Dom Catronio. It's time for Who's Hot, brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider, and it's their end-of-summer sales event. You can save up to $2,000 on qualifying Daikin Furnace or AC units through the end of the month. Schedule your appointment today and view all other promotions at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. Families helping families since 1912. Who's hot? Very quietly here. And this, and it's not like burning in fuego hot. But have you noticed Mark Canna lately? Goes yard today for the first time in over 100 plate appearances. He has now reached base in nine of his last 11 games as a brewer. He is hitting 270 over that stretch. Uh, he's also got three doubles. The homer tonight. He also... Only has struck out three times over those 41 plate appearances. He is coming in as built on base, can give you serviceable defense, and he's going to give you a good at bat every single time. It's not in fuego, but it's good. He's doing his job. He's helping the Brewers win 270 over his last 11 games, uh, including his first homer as a Brewer tonight. So keep an eye on what Mark Canna has got going on right now for the crew. Looking elsewhere on the scoreboard and how it impacts the NL wildcard race tonight, the Giants lost earlier this afternoon to the Tampa Bay Rays. 
They remain two games back of the Phillies, who beat up on the Blue Jays 9-4. to Bryce Harper hit two homers in that game. So as it stands right now, the Phillies, the number one wild card, they're three and a half clear of San Francisco, who is, uh, excuse me, they're two clear of San Francisco, and three and a half clear of the last wild card spot is Philly. San Francisco, one and a half clear of the last wild card spot at 64 and 57. Then you've got the chaos. The Marlins, uh, they got beat up by the Astros tonight, 12 to 5. So they fall to 63 and 59. Same record that the Reds improved to today by winning. The Cubs are off tomorrow, but they won in a walk-off tonight, 62 and 58. So all three of those teams, Cubs, Reds, and Marlins, are virtually tied in record. Uh, and then the Diamondbacks, don't forget about them. They're now back above 500. They beat the Rockies today. They're a game and a half back of a wild card spot, and they're about to begin a uh, four-game weekend series with the Padres. So they can really virtually eliminate the Padres this weekend. Uh, and meanwhile, get themselves back into the race. So keep an eye on them. Don't lose track of Arizona. And one thing's for sure, this is coming down to the last week, and I've said it on the show before, and I'll say it again. The last three games of the regular season for the Brewers are against the Cubs, and they're at American Family Field. If you haven't bought your tickets yet, you should do it now so we make sure it isn't littered more than usual with Cubs fans. And it would be better yet, in my opinion... It, it, this is a heck of an ask. I don't think it's going to happen. If the Brewers could somehow be entering that series up three games, up four games, uh, and already have the series or something like that, just to make sure that it doesn't come down to that. But I wouldn't mind closing the series out against the Cubs because I feel like tonight's home run for uh, Christopher Morel gave me David Bodie vibes. Remember? Uh, the the way that he was running around the field and, and the chaos that it was. Remember when David Bodie hit his uh, walk-off Grand Slam? Well, that was 2018. We all know how 2018 ended for the Cubs and the Brewers. So that's just kind of the relation. It was almost exactly uh, five years ago to the day, by the way. So, you know, y- you can celebrate a walk-off win tonight, Cubs. It's all good. Enjoy it. It lasts 24 hours. You get an off day tomorrow. See what the Brewers can do against the Doshers. We're going to hear from the manager up next, Craig Council. Uh, we're also going to get some highlights a little bit later on. We're on for another 15 minutes of show right here on WTMJ. Welcome back. Craig Council was actually kind of funny yesterday, uh, but the Brewers... Lose 7-1 to today, some errors, uh, two catchers interferences, a lot of seeing-eye grounders once again. It's just wild that this keeps happening. It, how does this keep happening? Uh, it, it's frustrating. It is what it is. I tweeted this game is infuriating because the Brewers had a lot of bad luck. Willie came a foot away from a home run. South Freelich lined into a double play. He almost dropped down a perfect bunt. Uh, Santana lined straight to Freeman on an opportunity to score some runs. Uh, it seemed like every ground ball that the Dodgers hit, the Brewers weren't there. Every ground ball that the Brewers hit, the Dodgers were there. And it's just one of those nights. <sighs> Exhale. Craig Hansel, here's what he had to say. Soft contact for them producing results and loud contact for you not. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's been a series where they've found some holes with the ground balls for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, that you're, you're going to have moments in a 162-game season like that. Um, 
it's tough to control all that. Um, you know, we, I thought we did a decent job against Kershaw, had some good swings, um, you know, didn't get a ball to drop to kind of create a big opportunity. Um, and then, um, you know, then their bullpen shut us down pretty good and, and nothing after that. How much of that is, you know, Mookie and Freddie at the top of the lineup too and just how much they're on base and pressure? Yeah, I mean, those, look, those are always going to be tough players to stop. Um, and uh, keeping them off base is, you know, when they're on base as much as they were tonight, it's, it's going to be tough to keep runs off the board. Two catchers interference uh, and back-to-back at bats with the same guy. That's going to be pretty rare. Does is is there something Contreras needs to do differently there, or do you think Martinez was in the box? Or what did you see on, on those? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know it's it's a it's a fine line because the the catcher, um, you know, frankly we want our catchers as close to the hitter as you can. That it helps with receiving. Um, so. You know, you know. Unfortunately, it, it was just the way Martinez swings um, kind of produced those tonight. Did you guys think he was in the box? I don't know. I, I, I think he, you know, I think he's in the back of the box. Um, it's close. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna get a big difference. Inch or two, maybe. Can you point to either of those as game changing? Because I think one would have been the third out. Well, we scored one run. Much of a concern was there for Wade uh, on that Will Smith hit? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say going out there, I was very concerned. Um, I think it probably, it, in the end, it just scared him. Um, he slipped. Um, he's had an injury in that same spot, um, the significant one. Um, but, you know, you saw what happened. He went out and threw, you know, he had three comfortable innings after that. So, um, not concerned. Craig, offensively, I mean, you say two runs, one run each of the last two nights. Um, given some of the, the, there was some some loud contact against Kershaw, just how do you assess the offense over the course of two Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's not enough. Um, we're going to have to, you know, we have to create more scoring opportunities um, for sure. Um, and, you know, we got to get some balls to drop, and um, but we got to also create more opportunities. The opportunities obviously don't grow on trees, but the, the stat that jumps out to me is the lack of strikeouts the Brewers have, right? I, I, I just, I, I will continue to point it out. A lot of fans are complaining about the the all-or-nothing home run approach last season, and this team, listened. they're putting the ball in play. The problem is they're not doing any damage with those balls in play, and, and I like the lineup with Sal lower in the order not because he's not playing well, but because he fits that mold better. I like having Canna third and Santana third or fourth and Adamas in the five-hole, even in his slump, because those three guys can actually hit for power. Freelich is not going to hit for consistent power. and, and You're not going to put him first or second over Yelich or Contreras. Maybe you put him third, and that's quite a bold move, but I like him batting sixth and restarting a rally kind of thing. And You only bat in order, you know, in an inning once, so he could be leading off of an inning or things like that. So it, it all comes down to it, and, and I love Craig's answer too, where the catcher's interference game-changing. No, we scored one run. They scored one run. That was the whole game. Uh, we're going to play a few highlights, kind of break things down. 
what went down in this one. Get ready to wrap up the show in a little bit. Stay with us. Thanks for listening. Or if you're on the podcast feed, thanks for joining us as well right here on Brewers Extra Innings. Let's break down a few big plays from this one in a 7-1 loss for the crew. Not a traditional highlight segment tonight, but how about some good news? Mark Canna, his first homer in over 100 plate appearances. Canna, fly ball down the left field line. And that ball is gone. (laughs) Hooked inside the pole, and Canna wrote it out of here. Boy, that looked like it was going to easily go foul down the line. And third base umpire Will Little took him a second to make the call. It was actually Jason Lane, the first person in the ballpark, to indicate that Canna had gone deep for his first time as a member of the crew. And we're tied at one. Lane Grindle on the call. We were all confused for a moment there, but congrats to Canna. He goes yard, and they got the response quickly. And then that weird uh, third inning, or bottom of the second inning, would occur with the Home run by Miguel Rojas, and then another catcher's interference, and things got weird, and point is, two runs scored in the frame. It could have been a whole lot worse, quite frankly. Kudos to Wade Miley for getting out of that inning with the bases loaded on the ground out by Ahmed Rosario. And then the Brewers looked like they were going to be able to respond immediately in the uh, fourth inning, Still down, but Sal Freelich with runners on first and second. The guy exactly one up. Left on left against Clayton Kershaw. 1-1 pitch, lined hard to first and caught by Freddie Freeman. He races back to the bag. Monasterio fell down. He couldn't get back there. And Freddie doubles him off. Inning over. It's been one of those kind of series where it seems like every hard hit ball you get is caught by the opponent. Heck, Yelich had a screaming line drive 112 miles an hour off the bat to right center field that was tracked down by the gold glover Mookie Betts. That was the hardest hit ball of the night. Not much you can write home about. And then things get went from bad to worse when Freddie Freeman hit a skyscraper to center. Rebay trying to put up a zero here in the bottom of the sixth. Fly ball, deep center field. Weimer's back onto the warning track at the wall, and he jumps up and he dropped it. Stays in the park, though. Betts is around third. Here's the relay from Adamas, and it's going to be late. That slides in there safely. It's 5-1 Dodgers. It was an error on Weimer, made it 5-1, and then another run would score on a rebay on a base hit up the middle by Will Smith. Uh, They added another run from Chris Taylor because, of course, Chris Taylor becomes Barry Bonds reincarnated, or I should say reimagined. Barry Bonds is very much still alive, uh, you know, against the Brewers, so who knows? Uh, One of those nights, 7-1, that's the final. If you're listening this long, you're a real fan. Appreciate you. Give you the broadcast schedule again tomorrow as you say goodnight, late night, Brewers after dark, right here on WTMJ. All right, we've been here long enough. Let's uh, give you the quick reminder tomorrow, 9-10 Central Time, first pitch. Corbin Burns and Lance Lynn going at it for the Brewers and Dodgers, respectively the finale of that series. We will be with you after the game as well for Brewers Extra Innings or here in the podcast feed if you're listening after the fact on Brewers All Access, wherever you get your pods. Coverage will begin at 8.35 with the On Deck Show, first pitch at 9.10, and then Jeff and I have you covered for postgame. Then it's down to the Lone Star State, taking on the Texas Rangers. They will be idle tomorrow. 
Uh, first game on Friday will be a 7.05 first pitch from Globe Life Field. Coverage will begin at noon with Brewers warm-up. Then once again, I've got you covered all weekend long with post-game shows. Saturday is an afternoon game, a 3.05 first pitch. Coverage will begin at 2 on Saturday. And then on Sunday, it is a 1.35 first pitch. And uh, we are on the air at 1 o'clock. And then they got another off day on Monday. And then they're back here for the border battle on Tuesday and Wednesday against the Twins. And a quick peek at the Rangers' projected rotation. It looks like, as of now, Andrew Haney, Dane Dunning, and Max Scherzer, so lefty, righty, righty, coming up for the Brewers. As of now, that still could change. Uh, Dunning has been a great story for them as their five starter, and Max Scherzer is Max Scherzer. That'll do it for us here this evening. Only one more late-night Brewer game in the regular season. That'll come tomorrow night at 9-10. Thanks to Jeff Cirillo, and thanks to our producer, Matt Sossler. I'm Dom Catronio. Good to be back. Hopefully a different result tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep on swinging.